You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. I've told a lot of stories about when I was at the monastery, but recently I've been thinking about just before. One of my strongest memories of all the time I spent away is of the morning before I left. We woke up very, very early. I had to get to a ferry that would take me there. I think we probably woke up at three. And I wanted to take a shower because I knew that I wouldn't be able to take a shower for a long time. You don't have an opportunity for at least the first week. And I was in the shower and I was sobbing. I knew that I was going to be leaving my wife we had just married. And I didn't know what I was doing. Not really. I knew I had agreed to something. I knew that it would at some point end. I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know what value it might have. I didn't know what it would do to me or to my marriage. And I was afraid. And I stood there in the shower and I don't know the last time I had cried before that morning, but it had been probably years. And I was feeling all of these things and they were all trying to come out And I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to cry. Not really. Not like that. And so it was was this choked, painful experience where my mind was holding all of these thoughts and my body didn't know what to do with them. I didn't know how to let go. I didn't know how to feel things like that. I wasn't used to it. And so I just, I just sobbed a bit. It it was more like retching and it went on and on and on. And then finally I got out and I got dressed and I went away. Feeling just completely exhausted before I even left the house. And then in the time that I was in the monastery, it was in part a relearning of how to feel heartbroken. How to let my heart break. I was tired and I was confused and I was frustrated. 
end. And in the middle of all that, I was sitting in this open, open, open space for hours a day. And I was bowing and bowing and bowing and bowing. And I started to find that the smallest little thing would just go all the way through me from a sunset to the sound of a bird to a memory that I could split open very easily. And the easier it got, the less necessary it was for me to to show it or to break down. It was just simply this feeling of cracking open over and over again. I'm thinking about this because so many things have been going on, it seems, when we read the news. People are being killed and people are killing. People are afraid. And though none of it is new exactly, there are these moments when it's relentless. Every day seems to bring a new story that's just as bad as the story from the day before. And in the middle of this, I see that there's been a shift in the culture now with the internet and social media. And I think people feel People feel obligated to comment. You know, we need to say something. There's this mandate to to articulate something about what's happening. And I find that hard. So I keep thinking about basic principles. And I think in the middle of this kind of shock, and I want to distinguish shock from surprise because it seems that nothing surprises us anymore, but this feeling of being hit over and over again, that there are things we can remember these aren't necessarily the things that will solve anything on a systemic level. They're not the keys. But but they're worth remembering, for me at least. And the first, to go back to the beginning... is that we must, we must allow our hearts to break. Every time. We must not guard against it.
we must not become stronger in the face of it or numb. It is natural and normal and understandable to try to pull back a little bit, to gain a little bit of distance so that we can see things maybe with a panoramic view. And that's not unhealthy. But as part of that pulling back, we can also try to gain a psychic distance. Wherein we stop feeling the shock of the suffering of others. Maybe it doesn't feel efficient to do so. Maybe we feel less skillful. I heard a teacher, a Dharma teacher recently, she was arguing that we have to be careful not to conflate empathy with compassion. I think there's a level on which that's useful, but I want to be cautious in the other direction. I want to encourage myself not to become too big in my view. Not if it's so big that nothing penetrates. I want to remain soft. The second point is connected to the first. When we hear of other people suffering, no matter what it is, we invariably go first to the victims. And I read every day, my thoughts are with the victims. And again, that's natural and that's normal and is not unhealthy. Our thoughts are with those people. But the fact is that having your thoughts with those people is easy. It's easy to feel bad for people who have suffered at the hands of others. It's easy to connect with the fear of someone who has been hurt or with the loss of the families of those people. And so when we're confronted confronted with something that shocks us in this way, I think we have to ask ourselves, what is not easy?
And so we have to take the step forward to connect with the people who are perpetrating that suffering. No matter what. And when we do that, we recognize very quickly how much is a response to fear. And we can take that opportunity and we can notice what fear looks like in ourselves. And we can recognize how rarely we are skillful with fear. Unless we are very, very vigilant about fear, fear becomes the very thing that takes our tools away from us. It robs us of the very mind that would put the fear to rest. When I hear of another police officer shooting another black man at point-blank rage over what would seem to be nothing, I think about fear. Not to try to find a way to justify the fear. But whether fear is justified or not, it's real. To the extent that a re- something can be real, that fear is real. And while I don't share the particular fears of the people in these news stories, I have fear. I know what that is. And I am reminded when I see the news that I have to look at it now. I have to confront it now. I have to explore it now and question it now. Now, while the stakes are not high, not that high. I need to get close to it and smell it and turn it over and look at it from every direction and own it. I'll add one more. Which is that I think it's useful to remember in these moments of shock. And these moments of shock are important. They're important 
because they, ha- they, they provide this opportunity for our hearts to break. They are reminders. They, they bring something to the foreground. But even then, it is important for us to remember that the suffering we see is just the surface. That when you drive home today, you will drive past so much pain. You just don't know what it is. I had a girlfriend many, many years ago who was, she was, uh, her father was abusive. Terribly. And on those occasions when she wanted to talk about that, I felt like I was being allowed this window into this other world. What I imagined to be a kind of a smaller world. Because my life didn't contain any of that. But when she talked to me, she felt exactly the same. Because she saw that kind of suffering everywhere. She had the radar for it. She could smell it. And she knew that it was happening all around her all the time. She knew it wasn't just her. She knew it wasn't just her family. It was the family down the street. And it was the family around the corner. She saw something I couldn't see. We take these opportunities to let our heart break. Not so that we'll be stronger the next time. And not so that we can be ready the next time. But so that it can just simply stay broken. And we can be strong enough to hold that. Otherwise, I don't see how we can ever really look or really hear or really speak. And I say all of this as a reminder to myself because I feel on, in a week like this week how instead of getting hit harder every day, I start to go a little bit numb. I start to say, oh yeah, again. I know that's not a skillful response. I know it's not an honest response. I know there's something else. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, 
please visit zennovascotia.com.